Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and Matthew this morning. Hey. Matthew, good morning once again to you. The third time in a row. It is. Uh, <laughs> you know, three times you're lucky. It's uh, good morning Australia to you too as well. Absolutely. Good morning Australia. Of course, unfortunately, Lawson is still not well. Uh, we ask you to still keep praying for him and hopefully next week he will be back. It is really knocked in quite badly. But hey, what a beautiful morning this morning. I must say it is a perfect, perfect morning. And it's crisp when I was driving here again. There was that bit of fog with the beautiful, amazing sun that comes through the fog that reminds me of the majesty of God. But here's the thing. Do you like hot air ballooning at all, Matthew? I love it that I have decided to make it as a gift to my wife to take her on one of our anniversaries. Ah, true. Okay. So you haven't been up, obviously, yet. Not yet. I'm a bit... uh uh, scared of things, you know, moving with nature, but then it's all about the trust, isn't it? Well, it is about the trust. I'm scared of heights, so I don't know, because, like, I'm okay in a plane. Yep. I'm okay in a plane, but I don't know about hot air ballooning. I'd love the thought of it, but I'm just like, I would be, like, my heart would be pounding so bad that I think I'd just almost collapse. Oh, but, absolutely. But the reason I'm saying that is because as I was driving here this morning, I could see the hot air balloons up in the air. So, for those who don't know where Curry Curry is, where our studio is, we are right in the heart of the Hunter region. And so there were four hot air balloons up in the air. And I just thought, I reckon those people would be really grateful for perfect weather because there's no wind and, um, you know, they've got a perfect view right around and it's not too cold. And I just thought, lucky them in every kind of way. So that's the best view. I think one day when Jesus comes, we're going to get the best view as we're going up to heaven, you know, when he takes us home. And coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Dr. Wayne French on the Tut Road Show. You don't want to miss that. That will be at around about 22 eight or so absolutely fabulous uh, stuff there on news we're talking baptisms and we're also talking about possible new treatment and we're also continuing our bible study afterwards you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different you're an islander so you've got a great voice oh. a lot of islanders are blessed with really beautiful voices i'm um, i'm blushing you're making a brown man blush <laughs> What you like, Matt, what you like. Okay, we has come time for us to do our first quiz question for today, our fifth to last one for this week, because you'll go in the draw at quarter to nine. That happens today. Take it away, please, Matthew, Absolutely. our first quiz question for today. So our first quiz question is, what did Barnabas sell so he could give money to the apostles? What did Barnabas sell so he could give money to the apostles? So you got four answers there. Should I read them out? Yeah, was it? Is it was it gold, spices, land, or silk? Mm-hmm. So you got gold, spices, land, and silk. And as you would usually say, Danuta, you have a one in four chance of getting that correct. Absolutely. So text us in your answer on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and you'll go into the draw for two books today for this week. The first one is convicted about a young juvenile delinquent who's actually placed into prison because he gets caught with a whole lot of drugs and guns in his boot and other things. And in the prison, he is actually given a Bible and he starts reading it and he is transformed 
transformed. The Lord touches his heart and his life is completely different. The second one is a trip into the supernatural with Roger Morneau. Roger Morneau was into the occult and things. And so that's the dark side. He saw and then he went into the, the side of life that is light, basically, where he gave his heart to Jesus. So he really unpacks that for everyone to really know the difference between the two and how to walk with the Lord, how to know that we can have victories in our lives through Jesus Christ. So that will happen at quarter to nine this morning in the draw. All it takes for you to enter is one answer. So hopefully the more times you actually enter, the more times you get the chances to win. But if you enter once, we have had people that have entered the very last question and only once for the week and won the prize. So again, that question is, what did Barnabas sell so he could give money to the apostles? Was it gold, spices, land or silk? Text us in your answer on 0491 zero six four six six nine and hey we need to say hi to yes yes do you know where yes is yes we've been there yeah yes indeed yes yeah yes yes Yes. we have been there too yes (laughs) ma'am yes ma'am so yes is in new south wales it is in the south part Uh, you go down past sydney and it's probably about a couple of hours or so i think out of sydney and our listeners are on 87.6 fm so we want to say hi to our listeners in yes if you are listening today text us in tell tell us what you love about yes tell us what you love about Faith FM. And I think uh, Wayne might be able to share that we've been to Yes on the Tut Road Show. Ah, yes, of course. So that'll be great. Yeah, because Tut Road Show travels all around. Keep on listening for our interview with the Tut Road Show. You do not want to miss it. This is um, our first time we're having our interview with Dr. Wayne French on the Tut Road Show. And absolutely fabulous, fabulous, interesting stuff. So Tut actually, we'll unpack it more, but it actually stands for Tutankhamun Road Show. You could almost say it, but Tut is short for Tutankhamun Road Show. Okay, good news. We like good news, don't we? We do. Yeah, in every way. And so here, there's there's possible new treatment for brain disease, which is really interesting. It is happening in the UK. Uh, Dementia is the biggest terminal illness and killer in the UK, biggest killer in the UK. You know, Danuta, you know what they call dementia? Diabetes of the brain as well. Oh, true. Okay. I haven't heard that one before. There you go. So one of the interesting things is that, um, you know, there, there can be all sorts of causes, I guess, for it. Sometimes it's hereditary factor. But, there, you know, lots of research is also indica- indicating that it can be lifestyle-related. In fact, my mind goes to a friend of ours who has actually written several books in the area of dementia and Alzheimer's, and it may be good that we actually ask her to actually be interviewed on our show as well sometime. Mm. So here in the UK, the Dementia Research Institute based at Imperial College in London and the University of Surrey have been testing new technology on people that have got uh, particularly out... Well, they've, they've tested on healthy people, but... But the outcomes of this research is giving them hope that basically, um, you know, they, they, this will be able to p- help people with Alzheimer's particularly. And the reason why is that the new way of stimulating the brain 
that they've looked at is actually stimulating the brain in the deep parts could actually provide new treatment for people in this way because till now they have required to be surgically placed electro surgically place the uh, the electrodes into the deeper parts of the brain so it requires surgery and the electrodes are then placed inside the brain and then what the electro through the electrodes they can actually measure the brain waves and what is actually happening with the brain here's the exciting news is that what they've started researching is with a new technique that is actually called ti for short it's actually called the temporal interference temporal interference and it is actually now being placed on the outside of their head so it doesn't need require surgery and it's actually being placed on the scalp and on the head deep and it can actually detect what is happening in the deep parts of the brain so the area that is related to memory of course because alzheimer's dementia is memory related is the area of the brain that is called the hippocampus and so they can actually look at that and the doctor, let me just find this, uh, the leading doctor um, that, that is leading the study is Dr. Grossman. He actually says that the beauty is that it also has a, a, a cost decrease and especially a risk factor decrease. So there's no risk factors or complications that can occur, of course, that can occur when somebody has surgery. And therefore, it opens new hope for people that have actually got Alzheimer's. And so Dr. Ines Violante, who's also from the University of, of Surrey, she says this, the combination of non-invasive imaging and brain stimulation will help unravel the processes that support our cognitive functions like memory and learning, which is absolutely fabulous because one of the things is, is that when we are you know, doing things like sitting a lot in front of the TV, sitting a lot in front of the computer, playing games, they are things that are not stimulating our brain a lot. Whereas as we get older, we need to keep on particularly stimulating our brains a lot. So things like reading, things like doing jigsaw puzzles, things like particularly doing new activities that we have not done before and learning new skills help us in that area. And so um, the, the thing is how they tested it with, a, with the volunteers, they actually got them to memorise pairs of faces and names while this stimulation was actually being put on their brain, the TI. And so it impacted the hipp- hippocampus area and then they had to repeat the same thing 30 minutes later and they found that it actually had improved memory and improved accuracy, which is really incredible, which is, of course, then giving them hope that this may lead to new techniques that they can actually look at for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. So just absolutely fabulous news, great stuff. And the Bible speaks a lot about our memory and our being having a sharp memory. And one of the things is that when we actually memorize Bible texts, that is actually a really good thing for our, not only, you know, to know, know God's word well, but to actually stimulate our brain. Absolutely. Yeah. So isn't that, it's just exciting news in every way. And I think that for us, being Christians, let's keep on particularly memorizing the, the Bible so that we don't get to that point where we might need to have TI on our brain and actually be checking that in every way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. 
Matthew's been filling in us, filling in for us uh, for the last two days, and today's his third day, filling in in the place of Lawson, given that Lawson has been unwell, unfortunately. All going well with a weekend coming up as well. He'll be able to recover and be a whole lot better for next week. Okay, we have come. It has come time for our second quiz question for today, please, Matthew. Yeah, gladly. So the second quiz question for today is, who wrote this line? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm, that is such a, it's a fairly well-known passage, isn't it? It's quite common. Yeah. It is used also at funerals. It's used in a range of different ways, but it's actually such an encouraging passage. And this particular verse comes out of this particular Passage. It's written by a really well-known man as well. So that question again, please, for us, Matthew. So who wrote this line? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, text us in your answer on 0491-064-669 and you'll go in the draw for the book um, Convicted and also A Trip into the Supernatural by Roger Morneau. Okay, it has come time for us. We're actually allowing enough time in this segment because we've got a really interesting story for the, this morning, haven't we, Matthew? We do, we do indeed. And it's quite... I suppose I could say the story about this particular lady has been news for some time, but the response she's been getting is fresh off the press. It is fresh off the press. So who are we actually talking about here? Now, we're talking about a lady named Kat Von D. Mm-hmm. Now, she is quite renowned in the Hollywood, Hollywood circles because she was married to an infamous musician, you could say, rock artist. And when I get this name away, surely it'll ring the ears of everyone in the community, and that is Marilyn Manson. That was the name of the person she was, she was married to, no longer. And that was that's his professional name. What's his actual actual name? It's Brian. Uh, what, what is that? It's Brian Hugh Bri- Warner, isn't it? Yeah, Brian Warner. Yeah, he's Brian known Warner. professionally as Marilyn Manson, and he's actually an American rock musician, isn't he? That's correct. And that's the name of his band. Yes, Marilyn that's Manson. the name of his band. So tell us a little bit about him and what her involvement. You know, a little bit about that, that, that background. So she was actually into some of the... Occult practices. So she's a confessed witch in the past. Mm-hmm. As we can see, one year ago, she actually got baptised, so she left that life behind, praise the Lord. And what's interesting is who she's affiliated with. As we just mentioned, it's Marilyn Manson. And Marilyn Manson is renowned for being a confessed Satanist, even to this day. And we know that from his own confession, he's been associated with Anton LaVey, who was a satanic priest in the satanic church over there in the United States. And a lot of Marilyn Manson's music has been hinged on violence, shooting, uh, causing the young people to be outraged. And I think you might share something too, Danuta, about some of the effects of on schools in the past. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing though. Her actual, her actual, if I can just bring something back into, so she's 41 year, years old. Her actual birth name is Catherine von Drakenberg. Um, and of course, so she's taken to Instagram. So this is, like you said, hot off the press of what's actually happening, hey? It is. And so she's got this background of witchcraft and occult quite very heavily. And, you know, and because she hasn't taken that off, that, that sight off, this is where she's actually being targeted as well, isn't she? In, in this, unfortunately. And what has actually happened? So there's actually, she was actually baptized. Now, sure, we, we actually were going to play a segment that she, what she actually says. Have we actually got that one ready to be able to play? 
Okay, let's have too. And so it's kind of cool to be able to connect in that way. But there was this other side of the response that was just so awful. And, you know, it's not, it wasn't my atheist friends. Um, you know, you would think that all the hate would be coming from people who are, you know, against religion or against Christianity and stuff. And, um, you know, we got like the typical, like, dumb, mean, like, emoji comments, but like, it was really the Christians who were the worst. And there was, it was just really like sad to see like this critical display of judgment, um, from, from, from Christians. And I don't understand what would inspire that aside from like an, something that's more egoic because that isn't Christ-like, you know, to judge people or judge people's journey. It's like, um, you would think that, that most Christians would be like happy for you when you, um, you know, come to this point in your life, especially when, when you get baptized, like baptism is so beautiful and it's such a, a big landmark in, in time for me, at least it was one of the most important days of my life. So it's like strange that these, these handful of like negative critical Christians would like come at me in such a public way as well. Um, I think one of the biggest or one of the, the comments that I would see like repeatedly would be like people saying that I was faking it and that this is just a PR stunt to get like clicks and follows and I don't or, or views which I think is so weird because I mean I don't my Instagram is not monetized so I don't get paid 40 of my my fans and my followers are not Christian um, and so like I know that it's a turnoff to a lot of people and you know everybody's had like their own experiences in their life that Okay, so we can see she's actually sharing, you know, that for her, she said very clearly there that it's not fake for her. Mm. And one of the things is, and it also comes up in, you know, the article that she, and she's mentioned that she's feeling that really sad by the criticism, particularly by Christians. Okay, that because it's not Christ-like for for them to judge people and then people's journey. And, um, yeah, and so, so what we find that in that judgmental space is where she's feeling that hurt and disappointment in every kind of way. Oh, so much so, Danuta. I mean, I can't help but think about the lady in the Bible that was brought before Jesus' feet yes. after being judged. So they're looking at a, at a horrid past that she has, and they're still not separating that from her. They're still seeing that as attached, and unfortunately, they're saying it's a publicity stunt as well. Yeah, and the thing is that we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. And one thing that's really important, particularly when people are new on their journey, is that we embrace them and actually then walk alongside of them to help them to become mature Christians. And there's a whole journey and space in that. And the thing is, none of us have ever ever reached it right to perfection, right? We never will on this earth. And the thing is that we are all on a journey, even like I've been a minister for a large number number of years, you know, 12 years in, in ministry, then in ministry beyond that before in door knocking as well. And my mind even goes to a, a time when my husband and I actually, you know, uh, met a lady when we were door knocking in at the Christ, with the Christian book selling that we were actually doing. And this particular lady, yeah, had tattoos and, and things like that. And she, she, um, 
Uh, and, and the way she dressed when she came to church, it was actually quite sad to see people move away from her, where we were sitting with her. It was actually really quite sad. But the beautiful thing was that she really was just craving to know the Lord, you Amen. know, deeply. And so she gave her heart to the Lord, you know, through baptism, just like Kat has here, the, you know, baptism, we believe is a public confession of what has already happened in the heart. Okay. And so she gave her heart to the Lord and continued to walk with the Lord. And the church, it was beautiful to actually see how the church did embrace her over time. But here's the thing is, none of us should be judging anyone in that space. God is the only one that is to judge. Um, and also she says, you know, like she said, it, it was really, really weird that, you know, that it was particularly the Christians that were criticizing her in this space. And actually, when you actually go to the site, it actually shows her baptism. But here's the incredible other thing to consider. For somebody to come out of the occult, and out of witchcraft, like this is a whole Huge. new thing that we could discuss like at length, okay? But this is why Roger Moore knows book. So I've got goosebumps. So I've got goosebumps saying this on air. Roger Moore knows book is exactly on this on what we are talking about mm-hmm. because Roger Moore know was right into this. And he actually talks about that whole thing of the trip into the supernatural. And then he actually brings out the fact that we can have victory in Jesus. And what I'm saying here is that for Kat, also as such a public person, to step out of that, but the power of Satan that, that is on people um, to as they're trying to move into walking with Jesus. And we've seen it many times when people are m- making a stronger walk to, to come to the Lord and then they actually, especially around their time of the baptism and after the baptism, the, the Satan really, really attacks, attacks them, attacks. okay? And so for her, this has not been an easy journey. And that's why as Christians, we ought to more than anything recognize what her journey has been and what we need to be doing, what people need to be doing as Christians to surround her. And I think, you know, what is this space about Christians reacting? Well, what we know is that broken people hurt broken people. Yeah, hurt people and hurt that, people. that as Christians, you know, some, you know, we're still on a journey and some people are just staying in the brokenness, unfortunately, and that's what is coming through. But we would love to hear from you on Faith FM. Text us in your thoughts on this on 0491064669. Tell us your thoughts about Kat coming to the Lord and about the fact about the issues of witchcraft and occult and the impact that that has on people and then coming to the Lord. Of course, in every way. And so, you know, what we're wanting to say is that there is a great controversy that we refer to it as the great controversy. The Bible speaks of that, the fight between good and evil that Satan is trying to pull as many away from Jesus, but Jesus is the one that actually wins the victories. And that's why the book of Revelation is fantastic because the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation in the Bible, basically Jesus wins and Satan loses. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Matthew's filling in for Lawson this morning. Okay, Matthew, it has come time for us to do question number three, a fill in the blank for Psalm 37 verse 4, and take it away. Okay, fill in the blank for Psalms 37 verse 4. Something, well, blank, yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Once again, Psalms 37 verse 4, blank, yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
Text us in your answer on 0491064669 and you'll go in the draw. That happens at quarter to nine this morning. Of course, for the two books, Convicted Young Juvenile Delinquent, who actually got given a Bible when he was in prison and was transformed. And the second one by Roger Morneau, A Trip Into the Supernatural, who was into the occult and things and then gave his heart to the Lord and knows the difference between those lives. I almost gave that Bible verse um, as a promise at the end of yesterday. So lucky I didn't because then it would have given too many clues away. Again, blank yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We're looking for that word. 0491 and this morning for our interview, we want to welcome Dr. Wayne French. Good morning, Dr. French. Hi, how are you, Danita? Good, thanks, Wayne. Good to have you here. Wayne's actually Thank come you. into our studio. We're excited that you are here. We are. And um, I've known you for quite a number of yeah. years, and Matthew yeah. knows you very well because he yeah. works with you as well. So yeah. we're excited to have you here. Telling us about the Tut Road Show. So tell us, Wayne, a little bit about what the Tut Road Show is, what it stands for and what it actually is, please. Okay, it's basically, Tut means Tutankhamun, so it's Tutankhamun Roadshow. So it's a roadshow that basically tells the story of Tutankhamun. It's actually a semi-trailer. Yes. And uh, and the semi-trailer opens up into th- three rooms. It, everything's designed that we do for 30 children. So there's 10 children in each room and then they rotate around. So basically in the first room, it's the uh, Rosetta Stone, the story of the Rosetta Stone, that kind of thing, an introduction to Egypt. And then you meet uh, Tutankhamun. He talks to you. He introduces his father, Akhenaten and Nefertiti, and tells the family story and all of that kind of thing and talks about the, the whole um, the worship of the many gods, back to the worship of the one god and back to the worship of the many gods, you know, that, that story. And then uh, basically it it goes into the Howard Carter story and how Howard Carter discovered the tomb and all the excitement of that, Lord Carnarvon and all that. And then it finishes with Howard Carter about to break into the tomb because mm-hmm. you go into the second room. Mm-hmm. And the second room, you you go with Howard Carter, with Lord Carnarvon, with um, his daughter, Lady Evelyn, and they discover the tomb. And as they go through the rooms of the tomb and discover all the artefacts, Howard Carter explains what that's all about. Well, wow. and uh, and so yeah, you have that experience. You go through, and you you kind of look at the whole um, uh, how people died in those days, how they were treated, how their bodies were mummified, and all of, all of that kind of thing, and the whole mummification process. But it finishes with, I wonder if the Egyptians were right. I wonder if there is such a thing as the afterlife. Mm. Hmm, maybe. I wonder, and it finishes with that. And then it goes on to the third room, which is the other great discovery of the um, the um, yeah of archaeology, and that's yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes, and uh, that's the biggest um, basically discovery of of um, parchment and of um, you know all the all the beautiful books or scrolls that we find, and and they discovered like. Just hundreds and hundreds, hundreds, didn't they? Like even though they're only little in little pieces and all that type of thing, um, there are only about eleven scrolls. But 
just little pieces of hundreds of scrolls. That's right. And so for those that may not know what, what the Dead Sea Scrolls are, they were discovered in, was it 1946, 1947, yep, around that time, yep. in jars of clay in Qumran. That's in Israel. I've actually been there, yeah. seen seen where that very first cave was. Yep. The, the story behind that is that a young boy was throwing, you know, was looking after his herd, wasn't he, yeah, or something goats. like that? Goats. And, yeah. and threw, it just happened to throw a stone up and then yep. just heard this clunk yep. and so climbed up into that cave area and basically found this, you know, these jars of clay. And yeah, he was really discouraged. Oh, not just ugly old, just paper. Didn't realise. And eventually he took it up to Bethlehem, took it to shop there, sold it for $50. That particular scroll was then resold again about two months later for $250,000. Yes. As soon as they found out, they, they raced back down to find out what else they could that's find. That's it. They realised yeah. the significance of it. So the Dead Sea Scrolls is a, a recent discovery, as we say, back in 1946-47, around 47. But it's actually basically handwritten, the handwritten Bible. Yeah. So here, right again, that discovery has confirms the fact that the Bible is real. That's correct. And, and the fact that what we read today, even though there's you know slightly different translations and everything, but but the essence of that Bible is actually all still exactly the same. Exactly the same. More than just the essence, it's it's accurate to the accurate uh, to the letters. Absolutely, uh, even to the letters. And uh, if they, if they made mistakes, they didn't just rub it out like we do with a the rubber. They would burn the scroll and they would start again. And that's how accurate they wanted to keep the Bible. That's why we can have confidence in in the scrolls. And in that room as well, there's also some biblical archaeology. And it gives us an opportunity, particularly Matthew. I uh, loves talking about it, don't you, Matt? <laughs> I do, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and gives them an opportunity to, to talk about the archaeology of King David. Was David like Superman, a mythical character? Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. was he real? Mm. Was there such a person as King David and look at the archaeology, here it is. And then look at the archaeology of the Hittites. Were the Hittites just uh, a, uh, a, a, a group of people that just never lived, as um, archaeology said? And they said, no, 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 the Bible's wrong. There's no such thing as the Hittites until, of course, they discovered yeah, them. that's and right. And when they discovered them, oh, oh, all of a sudden they went quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like and, that. And then uh, it goes on to the flood tablets and mm-hmm. uh, it talks about, you know, like if there was a worldwide flood, surely mm-hmm. other nations would uh, record it as well and mm-hmm. sure. Here they are. They're in the British Museum and you've got the Babylonian flood tablets, which is so similar. Yes. Not exactly the same, but so similar to the biblical story. Absolutely. And, and it's kind of like, and in South America, you've got another one and on and on it goes around the world. And, and then the final one is the Hezekiah story. Uh-huh. And as Sennacherib came down to, to go against Hezekiah, he built that tunnel. And I've taken kids through that Hezekiah tunnel, tunnel. heaps of times. Amazing. And, uh, and so is that a real story or, is it, again, is it a figment of imagination? No, no, it's a real story. story. Hey, by the way, one of the things they've just discovered just lately in the yeah. last few, oh, well, they discovered it a while ago, the Pool of Siloam. Oh. The Pool of Siloam. Yeah, what have they discovered? Covered there. Well, as they were digging, this is uh, about five years ago now, maybe even seven or eight years ago. Anyway, we went there, and the, and all they had done is they had uh, they were digging to for drainage and that type of thing, and and they discovered this pool 
what, mm-hmm. what is this? Mm-hmm. And as the, it got bigger and bigger and bigger and they discovered it was the Pool of Salome. Wow, there and you go. The, the very that, Pool of Salome. That's yeah, yeah. fabulous. And, and, we, and they're doing more and more and more. More and more. And yeah, I, can, yeah. I can just hear your excitement in oh, that. Yeah. And I know Absolutely. you're always – that's why I love, you know, catching up with you on that and your team like Matthew and others because there is so much excitement. You are so excited always oh, yeah. about this stuff. because, <laughs> And I do too because, you know, this is the beautiful thing that history shows us, you know, that the Bible – again, is true with all of this too. Absolutely. And, and if we can just backtrack too with something here, you mentioned about John Carter. So he's the one that, who had discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun. Howard Carter, oh, yeah. So Howard Carter, what did I say? I'm sorry, wrong, yeah. but Howard <laughs> Carter is the one that I meant. Yeah. And so when you said, you know, Tutankhamun does this and this in your tut truck, yeah. it's actually animated yes. multimedia that you've actually got. So yes. when I've been through there, what I loved about it is that the whole semi-trailer in these three rooms has got the replicas. It's literally a mobile museum, isn't it? Yes. And then yeah. on top of that, yeah. you have these animated um, videos. Yeah, so what they do is they watch the video and they they can't see anything. They come in and oh, what in the heck? This is just a dark room. And then all of a sudden the video starts and it goes around three of the walls. But built into the side walls is um, kind of a, like dark glass or switchable glass, and it all lights up as the video tells as them, as the video goes. It tells them what they're seeing. Fabulous so, yeah, stuff. And the exciting thing about the, the the truck. I remember you saying to me that you know there are some things in your truck that are, are original yes. in there. Yes. And there are other ones that are replicas. So the yes. The, the Tutankhamun uh, throne, throne yep. of Tutankhamun is a replica, yes. exactly the same size, so it looks like the original, yeah. and it's right in the centre of that very first room, yeah, isn't it? it? So it you've is, kind of yeah. got to walk around, and I remember you saying, so tell us then what, where you go and what you do, because you mentioned there about children, 10 children in each room, yeah. and something that you've said to me, that's when the children are in the truck, they tend to run to the one that lights up, and yeah, then the yeah. one that lights up is over here. <laughs> so where do you go, and what do you do basically, with your team? Yeah, yeah. basically it's designed for Year 7, and it's all about the curriculum. Like when you go to schools, it's all about the curriculum. So if you can fulfil the curriculum, then the teachers are your friends because that's so important, and so that's why everything is, has been centred on the curriculum. And uh, and so they fulfil the, the stuff or the curriculum that they need to do in ancient history in Year 7. So mm. it's, or sometimes it's year eight, depending on the school. Sometimes they do a full year of geography and then a full year of history, or they do half and half. So it's designed for that age group. So the age group is about 12 or, you know, 13, that kind of age group. And it's all animated so they can connect to that and all that type of thing. They meet Anubis and they meet different characters and that type of thing all the way through the truck. Fabulous. And and you've had teachers actually say to you, haven't you, that like this is just the best thing because it's experiential for the students, but that they just learn so much from that. And it's so fitting, like you said, with their curriculum. And, and it's also interactive, um, and everything that we do has got to be interactive because in interacting, you know, that's the way to learn. And so, uh, but it's not only the truck. We also do classes and mm-hmm. we set up classrooms. And so we can do 180 um, children or 180 students at one time and they rotate around the six 
uh, events. So we set up five other events plus the truck. Like there's the full-size um, paintings and they learn to draw like an Egyptian using the grid system. So there's... it's not like walk like an Egyptian. You know, that's <laughs> like, it's like it's, draw like an it's Egyptian. draw like an Egyptian, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that, uh, that one, isn't that one called – you've got a specific name for that particular workshop because you actually take them through from when writing yes. started, don't you? You take them right back to the Egyptian days, right to, through to modern yep. writing. Yeah, we do. That one's called the table of writing and we take them on that story from no writing so pre-writing right through to the printing press and we take them uh, on that kind of journey and then we uh we give them a a golf ball of clay in another in another classroom we give them a golf ball of clay and we get them to roll it out and we get them to stamp it what's that about that's actually about um security in the ancient world that's Mm. about the, the the stamps um, and those stamps were kind of hung around the necks or put on the ring fingers. You know, the story of Joseph with, yes. uh, with the, um, the ring finger. Yeah. And he gives the ring finger to, to Joseph. What's he actually doing? Well, in our terminology, what he's doing is he's giving, uh, the pin number of Egypt to Joseph. Well, wow, there basically you go. He's saying, you can have my pin number. Now, mm. would you give your pin number away? <laughs> We won't even give it to our, our friends. Matthew, Matthew doesn't give me his and no. I don't give me mine. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much yeah. in there. <laughs> so basically that's what that's how much he he trusted that Pharaoh trusted Joseph. That's yes. an amazing story. Amazing story, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. that fabulous? And I love the fact of just even with right that with that story, what you're doing there is you're bringing the ancient world into today's world. You're linking it for us to have an understanding of what we have and do today yeah. in, in every way. So, so tell us, you go to both public and Christian schools? Yeah, about half and half. We do about half uh, of the public schools. And again, we've got to be careful the way we present that. And um, we get we still get opportunities to talk about God, but, but we've got to be a lot more careful. Only the ones that allow you to, yeah, yeah, yeah who want right. to have something. But you're, you're very much focused on the history, aren't you, with that? Yes, yeah. yes. And then, then we go basically to, uh, Christian schools or, um, private schools and, um, like lots of Catholic schools because the Catholic system is massive. Mm. And, uh, and I've never had a Catholic school that hasn't wanted the biblical side of it as well. So it's exciting to go to these schools to hundreds. We go to about 10,000 kids. I was going to say, yeah. how many would you be yeah, seeing about, roughly with this semi-trailer? Well, about 80 schools, roughly. It goes up and down from 75 to 82, somewhere. Right, you know, which is about 10,000 students you've just about said. About 10,000 10, students. That's... Some of the schools <laughs> Some of the schools have up to 300 year sevens. Wow, <laughs> true. Yeah. Year sevens. How can you get that many a school? That's yeah, amazing. That's a school in Castle Hill. Oh wow, that's amazing! So you'd be there, I guess, for several days with your with your semi trailer yeah, and with the team, yep. and and you're basically that's why you have the three rooms because you can actually fill each room, and each room goes for the same length of time so that they can then rotate. Yes, and actually, you know, within basically half an hour, you've done thirty students yep. in three rooms. That's right, and then you you work like clockworks, obviously, yeah. through the day. Hey? Yeah. Exactly, and they rotate around the other classes and all of that type of thing. So, yeah, they're busy, but it's great. Fabulous. Yeah. So for those that may be interested in knowing more or even booking you and your team in, where can they go? Um, we have a website. It's www.tutroadshow.com. 
Yep. And uh, so go to the website and there you'll um, you'll find a place where it says book the truck or that type of thing. Yeah, so as I've just opened that that um, website, and I have seen it before, but what I love yeah. is that it just jumps out at you because first thing you see is this massive semi-trailer that on the outside has the painting of the the, the golden head yeah. of Tutankhamun. Yeah, yeah. So if you're ever seeing it on the road, Honk your horn and say hi if you've <laughs> yeah, yeah. been listening. But you know we want you to to go onto the website, have a look, and also then give some pictures. And then underneath it actually says about the Tut Roadshow experience. You can learn more to the Tut Show Roadshow in schools, how you can book, and then also in communities the fact, the fact that um, you go around communities as well. So we want to say a big thank you to thank you, you, Dr. Wayne French. Thank you, Matt, that Thanks. you're working with him too. You and your team are doing a great work. And we'd love to have you back again sometime. So we want you all to look into that. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.